Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf Shavuah as we study Maseches Yevamos Daf Kuf Yud Gimel One Hundred Thirteen. Last week, as um, we were getting into the parak dealing with the Cheresh and the Chareshes, I gave a long introduction to the topic. Some of its applications today. I plan on continuing with that. Um, most of it will probably be next week as the discussion continues on Daf Kuf Yudalit. What I wanted to deal with today is uh, a question that came up, and it was really an obvious question as I, I was reading through the Gemara. It also bothered me. We see that on a Durabanan level, if we have a Pikeach, a person who is uh, fully functional, fully developed, he is able to marry a Chareshes on a rabbinic level. And again, we're not talking about the Chareshes Bizman Hazeh, we're talking about the Chareshes at the time of the Gemara. And for a significant amount of time in uh, Jewish history. So that relationship is a Durabanan marriage. We explained that the uh, Chareshet is interested in having a stable type of life. The Chareshet is not at the point of being a Shota, where they're going to be dysfunctional. We also pointed out that the Chareshet is not the same as the Katan or the Katana, who is going to grow out of their status. And there were practical differences between all of the three, looking at last week's Gemara and this week's Gemara as well. What is raised on Daf Kufyud Gimel, and I wanted to spend some time in this practically, how it applies today, is the issue of Aksuba. Because we saw a situation where, let's take the case again, a man who's a pikeach marries a chareshet. He does not have to provide for her Aksuba. And the question that comes up, and a number of you asked me this question, Shabbos and Shul, what does it mean a marriage without Aksuba? We generally, you know, any wedding you've been to, you end up seeing a ksuba there. How fundamental is a ksuba to a marriage? And what exactly is the ksuba providing, without getting into every single detail, but how essential is it to the marriage? That's question number one. And question number two is, let's say practically today, a couple's been married for uh, a year, two years, even 40, 50 years, and they can't locate their ksuba. It ends up being a major problem. But we end up seeing over here that there's a marriage, and even if you want to say the marriage is on a rabbinic level, but it's a marriage without the ksuba. And we're going to try to explain why. If the guy wants to provide a ksuba, we see that he's allowed to, but it's not essential. So how essential is a ksuba to what we call regular marriage? Believe it or not, this is an issue that's very relevant today. We're going to assume that anyone who's Messiah Kedusha knows that he has to provide the Ksuba. Now, this is true today. We're not discussing yet whether it's biblical or rabbinic. That's going to be part of our discussion. But this is true whether it's a first marriage or it's a second marriage, third marriage, whatever it may be. You're always going to see a Ksuba that is part of the wedding. You have witnesses. The Masada Kedushan wants to make sure that the witnesses are valid. Now, at a wedding today, 
the ksuba obviously is taken very seriously. The ksuba in general are obligations that the chassan is taking on himself. Again, we'll get into biblical or rabbinic, and you have to make sure, which is the job of the Messiah Kedushin, that you have uh, witnesses. Witnesses for Ksuba have to be top-level witnesses. They can't be related to each other. I had a uh, wedding just uh, a few weeks ago where I asked the question that I always do, are you witnesses related to each other? And they said, absolutely not. Are you related to the chassan? They were both friends of the chassan. They said, absolutely not. Are you related to the kala? And one guy said, yes. Well, he was no longer eligible to be a witness. So for the Eide Ksuba, especially for the Eide Kedushin, which you even need, uh, I'd say, the highest level, the Eide Yichud, so we're always concerned about the Eide, uh, these Eide. Eide Tanayim less so, but we're going to follow the basic rules as well. So how is it possible that you could have a marriage and call it a marriage, without, whether it's not Durabanan or Duraisa, without a Ksuba? And then what happens if the ksuba is lost, let's say in a regular marriage situation? And this is very common. I, very often after I, I even mention this, somebody calls me up and says they can't find the ksuba. So I'm not trying to make you nervous, but you should know, and your wife definitely should know, or you, if you're the, the woman in the, the fa- family, has to know where the ksuba is at all times, and we're going to see the ramifications if you don't. If you can't find it at all, you have to write, come to the rabbi, come to me, and we have a uh, ksuba de irkisa, which means a replacement ksuba. There's a major case, and we're actually going to get into it, a major case in Eretz Yisrael a number of years ago where there was a fire, if you remember the fire in the north, and the ksuba the Ksubos were uh, destroyed in the fire, and the Rabbanim had to deal with whether the husband and wife were able to continue to live together. So this is just the introduction to some of what we're going to see today. And the, the question again is how essential is the Ksuba to the marriage? If you look into the Torah and Parshish Vayishlach, we see a mentioning of something called the Mohar, which is an ancient document, something like a ksuba. In Mishpatim Perchaf Bey's Pasuk Tesvav, we also see the word mohar, as far as the obligations of a man to a woman. Rashi says right over there, it's a ksuba. And it's interesting that the Dasikanim, Bali Tosfos, says there's a remez in the Pasuk to Masayim, which is the amount that we give today, Masayim Zuz, for a ksuba. You may also notice that if you're at a wedding, at least of a Ashkenazic Jew, and you listen to the Ksuba reading, which is not necessarily ob- an obligation, that we say Doraisa, that the Ksuba is Doraisa. Now, this issue of whether Ksuba is Drabana Doraisa is really a big discussion in Masechus Ksubos, <coughs> which we're not studying now. It won't make such a difference for us, but it is definitely uh, a coming attraction. After we finish Mesechus Yavamas, we're going to learn Mesechus Ksuvos. Those doing Daf Yomi are learning Mesechus Ksuvos now. But either way, look at this Rambam in Hilchas Ishos, Perik Yud, Halachazayin. The Rambam happens to hold 
that it's a dindarabanan. And still, the Rambam writes, it's machlokas tanoyim. The Rambam takes the view that it's a drabanan. And uh, just incidentally, you won't hear the word doraisa in a uh, Svardi ksuba. Now, that doesn't mean, just as a sidebar, that even if you hold that a ksuba, the written ksuba itself, is dirabanan, that there are no biblical obligations. You definitely have, as the Rambam himself is moda, the biblical obligations that are spelled out in Mishpatim of providing food, ona, with intimate relations, for and clothes for the wife. And then you have a whole bunch of other obligations as well, which may be rabbinic, including the financial aspects of it, which has three aspects in every suba. But we're not going through all those details now. But the Rambam in Hilchas Ishus Perik Yud Halachazayin says either way, Vitzarach Lichtov Ksuba Kodem Kenisa That's what we do. You write the Ksuba Kodem Kenisa You may see sometimes if you've been in a wedding in Eretz Yisrael, they'll sign the Ksuba under the Chuppah. We're not getting into that issue now. It's only with the Ksuba that a man could be allowed with his wife, which again begs the question of what's going on over here with the case of the man marrying a Chareshes. And the Chachamim say, which again comes out from a Gemara in uh, Meseches Ksubos, you also have the Gemara in another location. Chachamim, this, I'm reading to you from the Rambam, 10.7, Hilchas Ishus, Chachamim heim shetiknu Ksuba, the Rambam, I get said to you before, holds as the Chachamim that required at least the written document of the Ksuba, because a guy shouldn't think that, uh, you know, I could just divorce my wife and, I, and I'll give her a divorce. He has to understand that there's consequences for the divorce. Now, we happen to hold, and this will come up later on in the year. there's a takon of Rabbeinu Gershom that you're not allowed to divorce a woman against her will. And that's why you could have a situation today where you have an egon, where the man is so-called stuck in the marriage. But either way, originally it was put into effect, and we'll see how that still applies today, to add seriousness to the ksuba. That's the Lashon of the Rambam. You'll see other Rishonim explain as well that by having a written document, even if it's not required on a biblical level, it's going to make it a lot easier to collect so in addition to Shaloti Yakalabain of Lahotsia, you have a written document, then it becomes a raya, because we have a general rule that Hamotsumi Haveral of Haraya, you have to prove it. So this becomes her proof. <coughs> now the Rambam again, just my goal over here is to stress the significance of the Ksuba, and then we're gonna to have to explain what's going on with the Khareshet case. The Ram and Hilchus Ishus Perakiyot Halachetes Ain Pochsin Lepsulam Yemesayim Ulbulam Yemeya. Okay, so Masari Kedushin has to know when he fills out a Ksuba that uh, there's two hundred if the woman's a virgin and if not, then a Meya. Let's say for an Almana Grusha or other situation. We're not going to get into now. Let's say it's a it's a single girl, but you know that she's had relations before. Our general approach is we're not going to embarrass her. 
even if it writes Ba'ula inside, we're still going to call it Basula to the public. And you may even write Basula because it's a legal financial uh, exchange. So as long as both parties are aware of it. But my point over here is that if, so if you don't have a Ksuba, we have a problem. And if you don't give the right amount in the Ksuba, the Rambam again, based on teachings from the Gemara, said it's as if it's a Bilaznus, a, um, a relationship of prostitution, one that is, it's not what the woman deserves. And then we happen to know Lahalacha, even if the woman would not have a ksuba, he, she'd still be able to collect all these things. But again, as we pointed out, the ksuba adds, I'm not going to call it mutually exclusive, but two levels of protection. One is that he's not going to be so fast to divorce her, and second as the proof. This is brought down, la halacha, in the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch has a couple of variances to the Rambam, but um, it's very close to it. And this is an Evan Ezer Samoch Vav. And you look right away in Sif Aleph. You can't even have uh, be alone with the Kala until he has written for her Ksuba. Which is interesting. Let's say you have a Yechuppah, but you haven't yet done Ksuba, you'd have to write the Ksuba. That's not the order that we do it in or the order that the Rambam uses, but that's what the Shulchan Aruch says. The Ramah says over here, on this halacha, right, basically the same thing. And the Ramah gets into the question, if you're under pressure, when exactly you're supposed to write the Ksuba. The Shulchan Aruch and Evan Ezer, Samach Vav, Siftes, again, like the Rambam, So the question is, without getting into all the details of what is in the ksuba, how could you even have a marriage without a ksuba? And that's what we're seeing over here. It's true that it's a marriage, we just spoke about this, it was on last daf and this daf as well. So, but the bottom line is you need a ksuba for the two reasons that we gave, whether it's the raisa or whether it's the So the bottom line is, I want to read to you a Rambam, because we're sticking with the Rambam, and the Rambam says in Hilchus Ishus Perik Yud Aleph Halacha Hey and Vav, Nasa Charesha. Someone marries a Charesha's. It talks about a Shota as well. Vikasav Lahen Meyamana. He doesn't have to write a Ksuba, but he writes it. Then Ksuvas and Kayemas. This is what I mentioned in the beginning. You could write a Ksuba, but you don't have to. But the language of the Rambam is very telling. He wants to do his own damage to his uh, finances, which means if he ends up dying or if he ends up uh, getting divorced, he's going to have to pay up the ksuba. There's a whole separate question with Yerusha, which we're not going to get into now. And um, again, this is the next halach. Even if the person uh, gets better, they're no longer a cheresh, or no longer a cheresh, so no longer a shota, then, again, there's no obligation, even in this situation, to write a since the, the wedding started, the marriage started without the ksuba. So the explanation is very simple, once you go through our Gemara. If the whole purpose 
of a man marrying a Chareshes, of why the Chachamim allowed this marriage, even though there's a lack of Das on her point. Again, we're ta- not talking about the modern woman who's going to be educated, even if she is a Chareshes, or a man, who, even if he's a Chareshes, but the whole goal is to protect her and to allow such people to be married. You want to take away any disincentives for marriage. And therefore, the Chachamim were never misaking that Aksuba should be ridden. And even if you want to say that Aksuba is Daraisa, but still, for a Cheresh, it, it would not be a Cheresh, it would not be a Daraisa, because the whole institution of the marriage is a Durabanan. So you'd actually defeat the purpose. If the man would have the actual obligations that I'm going to have to give Aksuba, while in general, that's going to hopefully keep him in the marriage when he should stay in the marriage, but it's, it's going to definitely avoid or should avoid some quickie divorce situation. And as I pointed out, in addition, it provides a document for her, which is even a further way of strengthening it to, sh- to show that she hasn't yet collected what's in the ksuba. When it comes to a chareshes, those will be disincentives. This guy is being a nice enough guy, let's say, because he's marrying the Charesha. Again, there's a lot for him to gain as well, but we don't want to create a disincentive from him taking care of her. So it's the exact opposite logic, but it fits in very beautifully, and that's basically what's happening in our Gemara. Now, what I wanted to address, which uh, comes up based on our Gemara, but especially in Masechus Ksubas, <coughs> is what happens if in a regular situation the ksuba ends up being lost. And this takes place, I, I myself have uh, had to deal with the situation a number of times, I wouldn't say ten times, but probably five or six times in all the years in Rabbanus, but maybe some more after this year, where people can't find the ksuba. The cases that I've had to deal with is people are moving. They move from one place to the next, and they can't find the, the ksuba. What do you do? And is it a question that you have to find it right away? You can't stay one night together if you don't have Iksuba. And then you have these national cases. First of all, there's a famous case in 1948 where the Rav of the old city, it's found in many chuvos, told everybody to write Iksuba once they got out of the old city. The hus- he told the husbands and the wives, you can't live together until Iksuba is written. And the case that I gave you that happened several years ago where there was a fire. This is up north. There was a terrible fires up north in 2010 and again in 2016. So the chief rabbis were going to come to their logic later on. That means Rav Yitzchok Yosef, the same chief rabbis we have today, and Rav David Lau, they ruled that the married couple could still live together without Aksuba temporarily. But there was a Rav in Zichron Yaakov who, Mordechai Abramovsky, who ruled differently. But I'm going to try to explain what exactly is happening here. The Rabbah Menilchus Ishos Perik Yud, Halacha Yud, and this is based on a Gemara in Ksuvas, Daf Nun Vav. It actually tells a story where Irkas Ksuvasa Asulakami de Rav Yosef, where this uh, woman who is a sister of another Amora, her marriage contract was lost, and then she comes in front of Rav Yosef. And the psak there 
is that they can't uh, live together without a ksuba. So what happens? The Rambam paskins lahalacha hakonis ksuba. If he uh, brings a woman in and doesn't write a ksuba, or our case that I'm trying to address, where he wrote it and the shtaksuva was lost, then he has to write again, another ksuva, and from the Rambam it sounds like they can't even live together for one night. Now this is a combination of our Gemara, in on Daf Nun Vav, um, the Masechus Ksuvas Daf Nun Vav, together with the Gemara in Babakama, which gives some of the reasoning that we discussed before for having a Ksuba. It's on uh, in Babakama, Peites Amid Aleph Afilu Achas. So this again begs the question: What happens today when you lose a Ksuba? Does the couple have to come right to the rabbi? What happens in the fire situation? So I'm running out of time now. We're going to address it next week. If you have any practical questions, uh, I hope you don't. But if you do, please call me ASAP. And we'll continue a little more about the Cheresh Chareshes and a little bit more about the Lost Ksuba and to show you how it's dealt with Bizman Hazel. Have a great week of learning.